Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Thursday the 28th of March and this is your FT News Briefing. Coming up today, where now for the United Kingdom? A series of crunch votes show how Parliament wants to proceed with Brexit, but will the Prime Minister listen? In Israel's upcoming elections, can Benjamin Netanyahu make it to a fifth term, despite accusations of corruption and facing his toughest political opponent yet? And investigations ramp up the pressure for another Nordic bank caught up in a money laundering scandal. I'm Daniel Winter and here's the news you need to start your day. Brexit drama hit a fresh peak last night, with more reporting from Parliament, our political correspondent Seb Payne. It's been another extraordinary day in British politics here in the Houses of Parliament. The key moment was Theresa May addressing her MPs to say that after hearing what they'd been saying, she would step down as Prime Minister if and only if they vote for her Brexit deal. The Prime Minister, in her statement to the 1922 Committee of Backbench MPs, said she didn't tour the bars and hear all the gossip, but she got the message that they wanted somebody different to take the UK into the second stage of the Brexit talks where that crucial free trade deal with the EU will be signed. That was enough to convince some MPs, such as Boris Johnson, the former Foreign Secretary, and Ian Duncan-Smith, the former leader of the Conservative Party to change their minds and endorse the Prime Minister's deal. The meeting itself was a pretty emotional affair, with MPs crying, praising the Prime Minister's record and speaking of the need to get this deal through and move on to other, more pressing domestic matters. The second thing we saw today was a series of so-called indicative votes. This was not a plan that the May government endorsed, but it allowed MPs to tick some boxes on the kind of alternative Brexit deals they would like to Theresa May's. But once again, the House of Commons was very good at saying what it doesn't want and had nothing it was willing to give a thumbs up to. Customs union? No. Revoking Article 50? No. A second referendum? No. Although it did come close than it has in any previous votes. The only alternative outcome that came near a majority was a permanent customs union. You could see that going through if and when a vote comes back some point in the future. So where does that leave us on Brexit? Well, Theresa May does have to bring her deal for another vote before the end of the week as she wants to try and get this thing through and not leave without a deal on the 12th of April or face a long extension. So on Thursday or Friday, MPs will vote on the deal again. And there's another 20 to 25 MPs who are going to fall in line behind the Prime Minister. But one thing that went badly wrong today for Mrs May was the DUP, the Democratic Unionist Party from Northern Ireland. They prop up Theresa May's government and they said they were still not willing to back her deal until she can convince those 10 MPs with promises of legislative locks or more funding for Northern Ireland then she hasn't really got much hope of passing her deal through. So over the next 24 hours, there's going to be more shuttle diplomacy between the two sides to try and convince them that this is the best Brexit option available. 
But Mrs May has found there are some MPs who will never be persuaded to her deal. Take Steve Baker. He's deputy chair of the European Research Group of Brexit-supporting MPs. That's the Tory party's main caucus in favour of leaving the EU. At a tempestuous meeting when many of the ERG members stood up and said they were going to back Mrs May, Steve Baker did not. He gave an impassioned speech where he said he was so fed up with Westminster he wanted to tear down this place and bulldoze it into the River Thames. He also called out the cowards, fools and knaves who are now supporting Theresa May's deal. So I think we can put him down as a maybe. So for now, it's very much business as usual for Theresa May. The Brexit deadlock continues and there's just 14 days now until we leave the EU and there's no clearer route through for the government or for Parliament. That was Seb Payne reporting from Westminster. And we've got lots more detailed, insightful coverage on the fallout from the indicative votes by our dedicated parliamentary bureau. Read it all online at ft.com or download the app. On our international front page today, US regulators are launching multiple inquiries into the growing money laundering scandal at Swedbank. New allegations have emerged that it handled 135 billion euros from high-risk clients. In a letter seen by the Financial Times, the New York State Department of Financial Services told Swedbank is looking into seven separate matters involving the Swedish company. These include connections to other money laundering scandals at Danske Bank, ABLV and Mossack Fonseca, the law firm at the heart of the Panama Papers. Prosecutors in Stockholm have raided Swedbank's offices in pursuit of further evidence. This is just the latest in a litany of dirty money sagas ripping through Nordic banking. US authorities are investigating Danske Bank, while fellow Danish lender Nordia is facing criminal complaints. Swedbank told our correspondent Richard Milne that it would cooperate with authorities, but that at no time has an individual or legal entity been served suspicion of a crime. The company's shares closed yesterday at a new five-year low and have lost more than a quarter of their value in the last five weeks. Now to Israel and Benjamin Netanyahu's bid for a fifth term in office. Gideon Rachman, our chief foreign affairs commentator, discusses Bibi's prospects with our Middle East editor Andrew England and Israel correspondent Mehul Srivastava. Mehul, we're about a week away from polling. It's a lively time, isn't it? Because Benjamin Netanyahu was in Washington receiving a kind of benediction from Donald Trump and then had to return suddenly to Israel. Can you summarise what's been happening in the last week or so? I mean, it's been a very exciting last week or so for what looks like one of the most exciting Israeli elections in a long time. Netanyahu is neck and neck with a brand new party that didn't exist more than a month ago called the Blue and White Party. And for him to hold on to his right-wing base, Mr. Netanyahu has to emphasize his security credentials and his connection with the White House. And the last three or four days were supposed to be just that, supposed to be a victory lap. He was going to go to the White House, he was going to be greeted by his friend, U.S. President Donald Trump, and he would receive a document that says Americans recognize Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights, something the right wing here has wanted for a long time. But just as he landed in the U.S., an attack from the Hamas-controlled enclave of Gaza threw all the plans into disarray. He decided to cut his trip short and come back here so he can lead whatever response the Israeli government comes up with to the sudden escalation from unprovoked rockets from Gaza. And so... We've had a week of almost complete chaos and a lack of direction from the two leading candidates. 
But in a sense, if the Prime Minister Netanyahu is relying on the security card, does an attack from Hamas possibly help him? You would think so, except Gaza has proven to be the Prime Minister's Achilles heel. For the last year or so, instead of being able to push for a longer-term ceasefire, he has been looking for the short opportunity to kick the can down the road through a series of concessions that are granted to Hamas in order to stop protests, to stop these haphazard rocket attacks, or to hold back any uh, of these so-called terror balloons where young men in Gaza are attaching Molotov cocktails basically to the bottom of balloons and letting them fly into Israeli territory. So it's turned into a bit of a successful blackmail on the side of Hamas and an Achilles heel for Netanyahu and a reminder two weeks right before elections that he's not able to bring the kind of calm that he promises he will bring is not exactly looking really good for him. And Andrew, of course, the other background is that he goes into this election with this corruption probe and indeed potential prosecution hanging over his head. Yeah, that's correct. He would be the first sitting prime minister to be indicted if the attorney general goes ahead of it. We should say, whilst the attorney general has announced his intention to indict him, the prime minister still has the right to appeal that and sort of appear before a hearing and argue against him being indicted. But it's just created a lot of uncertainty. And Mehul, is it your impression that the corruption allegations have damaged him? I think that what has happened over here is that when the corruption allegations were first aired two years ago, there was a possibility that you would see a large amount of votes shift simply because of the allegations the evidence that came out. But in the last two or three years, the Prime Minister has marshaled his very loyal base into a judiciary versus a right-wing argument that has made, especially in terms of voting patterns, the announcement of this intention to indict him have very little effect on how his base will vote. But it's created an opportunity for the opposition to say, well, look, it's time to change horses. This is our chance to bring in a fresh slate. And it's energized them in a way that they were not so in previous elections. And to hear the rest of the chat, subscribe to the FT's World Weekly in the podcast app of your choice. And that's all for your FT News Briefing. With the latest from business, politics and everything in between, we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.